Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to episode 393 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I want this shit to be over quickly. And my name is Glenn. We love our Sunday. We love our Sunday night catch-ups. It's fucking great. I've been looking forward to this. I've been been looking forward to this all fucking weekend. Especially since about what? About seven hours, seven, six, seven hours ago. Since about 1.47. Positively throbbing for this episode. Glenn. I I now understand. I do not accept or condone, but I now understand how priests feel before Sunday school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like just just looking forward to something with every fibre of my being, so much that I don't know if it's pleasure or pain. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing you're certain of interesting takeaway going to be absolutely yeah you're going to be absolutely fucking throwing loads at the end of it that's it <laughs> now <laughs> really welcome new listeners <laughs> reloading my dick like schwarzenegger in t2 flipping it around <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that reference glenn nope <laughs> you haven't seen terminator 2 it's been a lot of years i can't remember it Oh my fucking god! Like we could literally name the most mainstream fucking thing of all time, and just be like, <laughs> "Can I start off with something a little bit heavy?" Sure. Do you know what mirror neurons are? What what neurons? Mirror neurons. I don't enlighten me. They're a fairly fairly recent field of study. The idea okay. is that there is something in your head. That that signals other people how to behave, as in okay. um, happens between uh, parents and babies. When you right. smile at a baby, the parts of the baby's brain that light up when it smiles light up. Okay, uh, it's why. Well, they believe it's why when you um, deal with somebody who's angry, you automatically get angry. Right. So there's this unexplained and unknown connection between people in that how you act and how you are can have a marked impact on how somebody else behaves, operates, or, or is in a certain moment. Yeah, right. I would have thought that like a large amount of that is just kind of like, you know, you know, body language and things like that too, you know? like the- Yeah, that's, see, that's what they used to think it was. But yeah, it's right. much, much deeper than that. Hmm. But do you know what I've noticed? What's that? All West Tigers fans are fuckwits. <laughs> I was just going to say, hey, like to me, I mean, 
given given you've only just you've only just told me the term like just now three minutes ago. So let me run something past you um, because you're more learned about this than I am, um, and I and I will do the research later. But is it something to do with these uh, mysterious mirror neurons? When I see, I look at the draw, and I see that Manly are playing the West Tigers that weekend, and my dick get hard. <laughs> I assume that's why at the beginning of, of the match today, Des had all the players sitting down. Because if, if they were walking around with fucking throbbing hard-ons, uh, they would be marked triple X and not allowed to appear on TV, probably in breach of some contract, costing the club millions. So, yeah, shrewd It would be like some sort move. of performance-enhancing thing too. I mean, if you were a tripod instead of a you know, re- regular bipedal human being. Yes. Poor DCE but- standing there looking absolutely normal. <laughs> fucking hard as a thumbtack. <laughs> uh, look, we'll get to all of that sort of stuff later. In fact, that's what this episode is all about. So we might as well just get straight into it. The first game, Thursday night. At, uh, what, what are we calling that fucking stadium again? I've forgotten already. Oh, the Glory, Glory Hole. Hole. At the Glory Hole. The Penrith Panthers, 24, defeat the Newcastle Knights, 6. Uh, Panthers tries to Stephen Crichton, Matt Burton, Dylan Edwards, and Brian To'o. Cleary, three or four conversions and a penalty goal. And the Knights, a try to Stafford Tower and a conversion to Callan Pyre. Glenn, lead us off. I think Panthers just roll on for for all the, the flash and the flare and their skill players. I think they showed some patience uh, in this game. I think Newcastle um, were pretty competitive um, in stretches, and, and Penrith didn't overplay their hand, and I, I thought that they they waited and to to exploit the chances as they were presented to them, and and executed them perfectly as as they've been doing. So, um, I've probably Dylan Edwards. I've probably haven't really had a huge rating on him, only because he's. I think teams probably can exploit him at times if. And the Tigers, even the Tigers have done it. So it's probably saying a lot. Um, he can have the odd error in his game uh, when when he's put under pr- pressure. <clears throat> but the influence he had coming back and then allowing Crichton to play in his natural position and just the, I don't know, he just, my respect for him and, and the, the rating that I have on him went up. Um, just watching that game and, and his influence and, and the, the impact that he had on his teammates. So um, just added that extra bit of polish to their attack, uh, both him being there in his natural role and, and Crichton being able to play his natural position. So it was impressive. And obviously, you know, him being back and um, Coruscant is obviously not too far away either. So the fact they've won fucking seven games in a row and, um, you know, they've just got their fullback back into the side and, and happy to come back shortly. Yeah. It's Fucking Jesus Christ. Such an overlooked piece of the puzzle. Like, show show another side that can go undefeated in a season without their first choice fullback or first choice hooker. Yeah. And even in saying that, the reshuffle still wasn't fucking perfect. They've got Crichton, who was playing on the left, back over on the right. Mm. You know, it's... It really does seem to be a situation where not it, it's not at that Melbourne stage where everybody knows exactly what their job is and executes perfectly, but 
people understand really well everyone else in that team mm. and how to operate around them. So it's a, a slightly different tinge to Melbourne. The thing that Penrith's got to get used to for the rest of the year, and I think they are at, you know, fairly well, is that they're going to be everybody's grand final. Everyone's going to come at them. Everyone wants the scalp. And and clubs are going to get up for that game and perform, you know, 20% better, 30% better than they have been at least just by virtue of who their opposition is. So they're going to have to be on essentially for the rest of the season. Um, I think then you've hit the nail on the head. They are the most complete 80-minute football team that we've seen uh, in that they'll get on and just be happy to have an overall 80-minute strategy and just execute on that, be fitter than everybody else, and just wait for the opportunities to present themselves. And, and it, again, for such a young, you know, for such a young side, and it's not like they've been at the top, you know, they were all 21 and they've been at the top for three, four seasons. Like, it all really came together last year and we're only seven rounds into this season. Um, to have that, you know, there's sides that the average age of the side is far, far higher than Penrith that don't show the same level of maturity. So, mm. it's um, James Fisher-Harris, absolute fucking animal. He is. Absolute fucking animal. Close to the most underrated player in the game, if he didn't play with his AEO. Uh, and for Newcastle, there's 50 from Penrith in that game if Kurt Mann wasn't there. He's a tough little yeah, cunt. Like, at the same time, though, like the game would have been... The, the, like Newcastle, the problem with Newcastle was they, they they held themselves in it for pretty much the whole time. But they did that despite the fact that their... Like Blake Green, like their fucking kicking game was mm. fucking terrible. Even if they were pinned on their own their own goal line to start a set, they'd have a like what you would consider to be like a reasonable set. Like they'd get, they'd get it by foot. They'd get it up to about the 40. Yep. But then the kick had come at the end of it, and it would like go down the throat of a Panthers guy on the thirty, and then mm. they run it back up, and they're at the forty to start their yeah. you know to start their set. Just like it's it's such a highlight of what what a, a god awful kicking game can do to a side, and it gave they gave it gave them no chance. Like they gave themselves no chance just through a terrible kicking game. And yeah, you know, Blake Green's obviously had a fucking horrific injury, but there were a couple of times I looked at him, and he could have been mistaken for twenty twenty one Trent Merritt. Mm. Mm. That's the first thing that struck me is how, especially for a back, how out of shape he was coming back, you know? Mm. Like, and I I know that they were in a situation with Pierce um, being being out for an extended period, so he probably come back, he may have come back sooner than what they, to first grade, sooner than what they were hoping, but um, he's, Mm. especially with the pace of the game now, fucking... You can't have a half that's, yeah, that's, that's that far out of shape. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Yeah, when, it, and, the, and when I say you hate to see it, I mean like you love to see it. Fuck Blake Green. Cunt. <laughs> you know the story, oh. but you know the story. You know the story, Glenn, don't you? I, I don't know the story. I do, do remember, remember you, playing, used to, you, were, you used to have a fair fair amount of good stuff to say about Blake Green, and that's clearly... Yeah, yeah, but, you know, then 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 he got it. Yeah, you know, then he's, he got in the ear of his manager and the, and the Warriors offered him a deal. 
um, you know, for more years and more money and like, you know, tons of more money and everything like that. Right. And he still had like a year to run at Manly and he's, and his uh, manager basically said, just fucking stay home and refuse to train. Oof. Go to training, and they just force, just force the hand. So I'm just like, fuck that cunt. Yeah, yeah. Like dead set. To be fair, it does look like he's refusing to train at Newcastle as well. So maybe that's yeah. just in his game. Exactly. <laughs> On the socials, Nathan in the Facebook group said, "Kick out, missed the tackle for the Knights to score, instantly gets the hook. Good form from Ivan." Jai says, as a Knights fan, the first half had me at El Dente. Midway through the second half, there was movement in my denim, but a symphony of six agains and bizarre calls robbed us of what was a good contest. Oh, oh are you watching the same game? Panthers too good. Cue the complicated handshakes and dog piles of celebrations, you arrogant juveniles. Fucking love it. Uh, Rishi said another sweet victory made sweeter by the salty tears of a Knights fan base. I don't even care. It doesn't make culinary sense. <laughs> Fat Harry Lazy said Cleary derailed the Ponga hype train like he was a Granville rail bridge. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's our kind of that's our kind of statement right there. That's it. Uh, Mick the Perm on Twitter said credit to the Knights. I know it's their love language, but Penrith just broke them down physically today. Newcastle had a good game plan, but lacked the quality to finish. Where Penrith gave them chances. Luai, To'o, JFH, Yo, immense. Um, my new favourite account on Twitter is at chin underscore Larden sixty nine. Chin Larden, that's great. And it tweets as if it is Nathan. <laughs> Says it felt good to miss old Ponga tonight. Tim Tam Bojovic is up next. Hashtag blinding lights. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what though, like for the Newcastle though, it was it, it was fucking impressive with all fucking Star Lord just going the, the big the big fucking wasn't even a palm, it was like a oh. like a like a like a hip body toss or something. Just, just fucking, yeah. 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 Oh no, he it was just a palm, but it was just, it was just a like, fucking it was just granddaddy impressive. Of palms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love seeing that sort of shit. Yeah. Impressive. Exactly. Um, who else we got here? Uh, Nigel said, Newcastle fans, can we talk about the strawberry milkshake in the room for a moment? Ponger is so defensively poor in his attempts and positional play, he's making Darius Boyd look like a tackling genius. Yeah, this, I think I might even reply to him. I mean, it's... it's Remember back a couple of years ago in that origin where like there was a, a jump ball, uh, you know, a, someone put a bomb up for New South Wales and there was like a jump ball and Tommy just jumped up and just snatched it and Pong was just on the ground and just, yeah. you know, like it's just like the, nothing's changed since then. Mm. The absolute cowardice he shows under high balls and like the lack of willingness to contest the high ball, yeah. it's fucking, it's, it's crazy. And like the amount, the amount of, of opportunities that costs Newcastle, when they're at the end of a set and they're just and you know handing the ball back again, but he, even when Burton scored, just allowing yeah. him to improve the position like mm. he did, yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. If if I see stuff like that out of my side, fuck, that makes me angry. Can yeah. you imagine the echo chamber that Ponga lives in though? Not only the fan base around like Newcastle, very insular, one team town sort of situation, um, and he's also. Probably the high, he's, he's the highest profile player in the club. I, I don't think, like, I think back in the day of the Johns boys, there was enough, like, Chief Harrigan and guys like that, if they were doing stuff like that on the field that could potentially have a detrimental impact on, on results, such as poor positional play from a fullback or, or yeah. poor defence, they would be 
like spraying him epically. But yeah, in this day it. and age, I don't think, I don't think he's getting a lot of negativity or criticism coming his way. Hence, things don't change mm. like like you suggest, Nate. So. Hmm. All right, Ooh. is that the last tweet you had? We're there, done. Mate? Right. Okay. So next up, we had on the pub slot game, uh, a, a crazy fucking game. Uh, the Rabbitohs, 40, defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 30. The Rabbitohs tries came through Jackson Polo, Cody Walker, Dane Gay Guy, uh, Alex Johnson, and a double for Benji Marshall. Oh. Uh, <laughs> menu log, five of six conversions and three penalty goals. And um, the Titans, 30, came through a hat-trick to David Fafita. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, Tyrone Peachy was the other tries. Uh, Fogarty, five of five conversions. This is actually the cliched game of two halves. Quick one. Like, yes. Can David Fafita win the Dally M? Yes. I think I think so, just because you know how the how flawed the system is. Yeah. And how subjective the voting system is. He is that player that if he has a half decent game, he's gonna retrieve the points that are allocated to a Titans player. Hmm. So, so yeah, sure. I think he, I definitely think he could. Um, will he? I mean, that's another question. I mean, because you know, for every game, you know, he had this game and he had the game against the Knights where he was just an absolute fucking monster. Didn't fire a shot against Manly the week before. So, if teams actually dedicate some resources to shutting him down, then you know, maybe that might yeah, put a hole in it. it. But, um, <clears throat> but man, like that that first half from the Titans, I thought, wow, what a great fucking answer. Mm. You know, great response to last week. But, um, Gee, didn't take the rabbits. Like, just get into the second half, and it didn't take them long to, to draw to draw level and make it a new ball game. Yeah, you'd say that. You know, I guess from the Titans' perspective, like you say, that response um, is definitely a step back in the right direction. But they've still yep. conceded forty points. There's, there's defensively, there's still questions there. Um, hmm. Entertaining game of footy. I thought they, you know, the Titans really had control of the game at twenty four ten. But see us, you know, they were in the fight and they they kept. You know, they kept coming, kept throwing punches, and in the end, mm. Gold Coast couldn't go with them. Mm. And, um, yeah, what can you say about Benji's performance as well? Just um, <coughs> He was there, he was on the ball, and fucking it, it was good to watch. There's not much you can look at in that performance for the Titans. You know, okay, they missed 30 tackles, mm-hmm. and that's the first thing you look at. But apart from that, there were five errors which is fucking sensational this day and age mm. yeah. for a team to have under seven. They did have, they gave away four set restarts to one <clears throat> and South are a team that definitely take advantage of those yeah, sure. very well. Um, but their, their performance in isolation wasn't terrible. No. Like there's, there's not yeah, a it, lot. It, go ahead. I was going to say, there's there's not a lot of glaring things that you'd look at and go, well, well, fuck, they need to fix that. It really just felt like towards the late, you know, second second half of the second half, that Rabbits just kind of, well, actually, no, as the second half commenced as well when they drew back, you know, yeah. level, but it just felt like that the, the Rabbits just figured out that left-hand thing. Yeah. Because they exposed absolute daylight down that side at times. Yeah. Where they, whereas they hadn't in the first half. Yep. Um, anything else you want to say about this one? No. Over the Is socials. Because, you know, that's where all fucking cool people hang out. 
Um, the biggest tiger <laughs> said Benji Marshall is an immortal, and then he did some of that weird fucking shit where you take a letter out, but didn't really actually make proper fucking words. Um, and finally gets to Benji Immortal, and then tries to make hashtag Immortal a thing. Yeah, I think yeah. No. Whereas maybe if you'd stopped at Immortal, maybe. Um, yeah, look, talk to Fat Harry Lazy about how to create the greatest hashtag of all time uh, in hashtag Yuri of Cleary, and he may be able to give you um, some advice, or uh, just keep on being, you know, uh, Aldi Penrith. So, uh, Super Grover 4 said, that new kid Marshall is pretty good. Tigers let him go. <laughs> just um, another one to add to the list of Puppy it. and Fox and Teddy at this the underscore sniff underscore test can you guys never again say Adam Reynolds is injury prone FFS stands for for fuck's sake yeah so also um, that tweet is verbatim the same one he sent the week before congratulations um I hope you, you're proud of your son or fucking nephew or whoever he is to you, the cunt's a fucking biscuit. Look, the problem is that, that like, you, if you go back and look through through his record, I mean, he he's missed some large large amounts of games with injuries, but then he's gone through a large periods without injuries. But he's had he, he's he's injury prone in the same way that that Steve Matai was injury prone. He would go down within games, but return the week after. You know what I mean? Like it's not like he's he's getting he's like you know getting out for like large. I mean, when he had that, was it like a back thing a couple of years ago, like twenty nineteen yeah. or something? When yeah, like that. I mean, that was that was serious. But generally, it's like you'll have something and you'll be off for the game, and then you'll come back next week though, because it wasn't like you know it was bad enough for them, but not bad enough for for extra and that sort of thing. But um, but see, now you fucked it. Now you've read that tweet. Like every time we did, like like on Wednesday night when we talk about South game, I was gonna like, <laughs> I was I was gonna say how injury prone Adam Reynolds is, <laughs> and just keep saying it and just keep ignoring it. <laughs> Doesn't does Adam Reynolds like get weird fucking things? Like he, like he misses three weeks with a fucking sore big toe or some shit. Look, I I would like someone to go through and actually just give us a dossier. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I could do it myself, but you know, can't be fucked. Uh, at hammers. Yeah, man said, that one hurts. Not even a Broncos flogging will get me hard enough to let go of that loss for a while. I wish we could have revisited him after the, the Broncos flogging that we're going to talk about next. Yes. Because um, maybe it did. <laughs> Conan said, Fafita is a real seat pleaser. I've never heard that phrase before. He's a, sorry, he's a real what? Seat pleaser. Okay. Does that mean he gets people in the stands? I hope that's what it means. I, I thought... Knowing you, mate, I thought you you were going to take that in a whole different path, but I'm assuming that's that's. Kind of I thought what a seat pleaser was like a. I thought a seat pleaser was like one of those those dildos with a suction thing on the end, and, and you can jam it on someone. That's where I thought Jay would go, but yep, you you haven't let anyone down. No, I, I was going to say like seat seat pleaser is like a light hearted, like you know, like saying oh butter in the undies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That is going to get a workout at work, I can assure you. Thank you very much for that, for adding to my vocabulary. I advise you to give it a workout at home. Don't know that it's appropriate, but thank you. Next time you walk out of the shower and you walk past your lovely wife, just look and go, I know, butter in the undies, eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that is an episode of a TV show that everyone would want to watch just to see her reaction. I'll tell you what, Glenn, what I'll do, this, this is what I, this, because, I, because I like you, this is what I'll do. I'll start throwing that phrase around on, on Facebook. Oh, that makes so it that, okay. So, so, that, so, that, so, that, so that your wife sees it and then, no. so, and then she'll be like, no. she'll get some level of acceptance for it. And then when you use it, she'll be like, oh, you're just like, Nate. no, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> It'll be more like, it's okay for Nathan to say that stuff. Don't you even fucking try it. That's what it'll be. You sit in this glass case of this fucking finest work. It's fucking sad. Mm. And uh, Toto, who has accepted his place in the world, says, uh, for feeder is love, for feeder is life. <laughs> <laughs> Next game. Next game. Okay, moving along to the aforementioned Broncos flogging up there in Darwin at uh, TIO. The Eels, 46, defeated the Broncos, 6, just stopping short of ruling them out for the rest of the season for winning the Premiership. Sivo, hat-trick. Like Glenn. good wingers do. There we are. Isaiah Papali'i, Oregon Kafusi, uh, Opacek, Bryce Cartwright, and Clinton Gutherson tries. Moses, 6 of 8 conversions and a penalty goal. The Broncos, 6, came to through a try to Tavita Pangai Jr. and converted by Jermaine Isako. Ooh. Jay, the Broncos are, just seem to have this up and down erratic shit. And again, you know, like I alluded to in the Penrith game, that they they got up for that one. That was obviously a very important game to them, and that was probably the best game they've played in a long time. Uh, I don't know whether it was the travel, whether it was the humidity, whether um, you know, seeing boarding passes with their names on it reminded them of who they are. But they were back to playing like fucking. Everybody expects those Broncos too, which is absolute fucking porcupine shit. <laughs> well, that's a very, a very specific, very specific <laughs> <laughs> fucking badger excrement. Oh, um, hilarious! No, the, the the week before they they looked that fucking good with their forwards against one of the, the competition heavyweights, their defense was so much better. And then the, this week it's all just gone again. Yeah. You know, so. I think it's just a, I think it's just a, a like a, le, uh, a level of being switched on for them. <clears throat> like they were switched on. You'd have to say for probably like 70 minutes against Penrith. Mm. Yeah. They, they were pretty much, I mean, they didn't have much in attack to offer, but you'd have to say they were in it mentally. That's it. This one, same thing. I mean, like obviously a horrible start to the game, like shit, you know, this shit happens. I mean, it was, it was, it was hilarious. One of those, you know, great, great kickoff fuck ups, but they, you know, they got scored on straight away, but they, they you know, then they came, you know, they got that try through you know, mm. TPJ and they, and they sort of came back yeah. and then it was, then it was pretty back and forward for almost the rest of the first half. And then it was that last 10 minutes when you sort of just bang, bang, bang. Bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, do what they, again, I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm happy for Bryce. Yep. You know, yep. for him to look to be in a stage where he seems to be working for his result, mm. you know. And <clears throat> I've started to think maybe what went wrong with Bryce Cartwright was, you know, a, a bit of press on Bryce Cartwright, where he came through from being that gritty, bust-your-ass sort of player who would just be busy and everywhere and shit would eventually come off. 
to start to become the guy that, that believed that he was naturally gifted for things. Do you know if he did he move back down here himself or did he move his family back down down? The reason why I ask is I just want you know it's you always you, you have to look at a number of things when someone's seems to have like a renewed focus or a seems to be calmed down mentally and things like that. And I mean, mm. sure, removing him from the proximity of Byron Bay and, and the rest of the fucking moronic anti-vax fucking crystal worshippers. Didn't they, they split up? Didn't that relationship end? I don't I don't know. But if that being if that's the case, I mean, what a great thing fucking getting you know, maybe he just got vaccinated. Maybe that maybe that's it. He's not feeling half fucking fluid. Or again, maybe it's these fucking mirror neurons. Hmm. And if you stop hanging around cunts, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I um the look on his face as his teammates got around him after he scored, it was like this mixture of relief and I I don't know. It was that look on on that guy's face. He that that fucking try and those few touches that he had that were were real quality. um, Yeah, that meant something, you know. Um, And to your point. Sorry. I was going to say, and the last thing I'll say to him, though, the first thing I've got written down from here is busy. Mm. He looked busy and fucking locked in. He was the opposite of the Broncos in terms of focus. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and I'm happy to see it. Yeah. I, to your point, I remember when he was coming through the 20s and the, the hype around him was starting to grow and Penrith, that 20 side at the time, was, was amazing. But he had a couple of games... Uh, one of which was in a finals in the finals series, where he looked he was he was too busy. He was trying to do fucking mm. everything, and um, that was probably a knock on him back in those those days. Obviously, mentally, you know, and you can't blame the guy as we we said the other week. You can't blame the guy for what um, you know some of the stuff that that he's endured. Um, and some of the stuff, some of the situations he's voluntarily put himself into, has had an impact mentally. But you know, there was, there was some good touches there, and I I think if if he gets that side of things right and gets back to some semblance, and he doesn't need to play big minutes in that parasite. So if he can play limited minutes and bring those quality touches, that's going to be really handy for Para. And the the thing is, well, I mean, like coaches can absolutely fucking kill players. <clears throat> like what happened with Bryce at Penrith, where you know sometimes he'd be playing in the halves and like they just—it's like he he was he yeah. was t- too versatile for He's his own good, so they couldn't. And it's like and it's like what happened with it's the same thing happened with Peachy, yeah. and it c- continued to happen to him up in the Titans. And it's only really recently since Holbrook took over that it seemed like you know he was kind of on the outs up there, yeah. and then he's found his role. And this is the same sort of thing with Bryce. I mean, like when when yeah, when see, you're a player I- that has a lot of versatility and you can't find your spot and you just keep getting plugged into holes. I'd I'd say that that was more a result of the team being short on skill rather than Bryce. Because mm-hmm. you're right, he's versatile. Yeah. But in no other team at that time was he being considered a six. No. Yeah. He, he was a second rower or a lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. It was like detrimental to him to be G- Yeah, exactly. Six, but, the, like, yeah. but it's not... So with the Peachy thing, the problem he had at Penrith yep. is the same problem he's having at the Titans. Yeah. Where is it? With Bryce, it was Anthony Griffin being a fucking cunt. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Tweets. <clears throat> ah, Midley Mert on Twitter 
said, hashtag fuck the Broncos. That is all. Um, at Daniel yes. underscore Red V said it was very insensitive of Xavier Coates to drop a bomb in Darwin in the Anzac commemoration round. <laughs> I saw that one. That was my favourite one of the weekend. <laughs> um, our friend JDHD said, uh, how many weeks till Kevy goes full Corey Horsburgh in the presser? <laughs> Not so many uh, one-liners and jokes oh. at the moment. Oh. Yeah. That, um... You know what, though? He hasn't. Do you remember, was it, was it a couple of weeks ago, he leaned on the um, Not My Squad yeah. trope? I think he's also, I read a report today saying that, uh, you know, rumours be rumours and all, but um, it, it was saying it, it might be his squad sooner than you fucking think. And I saw the, the number I saw bandied about for people to be cleared out was 18. <laughs> 18 players. Fuck. Out of 30. So, <laughs> Basically, I think that yeah, the 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 thrust of the the story was that yeah, he's just like massive clean out. Like this is a rebuild from the you know yeah, fuck. Which fuck. you know, to be fair, yeah, it probably has to be done, and uh, you know, we can argue whether, about whether he's he's qualified to do such a thing. Mm. But um, you know, um, at Nao to win, so I thought we'd turned a corner after last week. With a crying emoji. Well, yes, so, you have, uh, but it's fucking wrong way down a one-way street <laughs> with a bunch of traffic coming the other way, and you're not wearing seatbelts. Reap what you yes. sow, you fucking <laughs> shit club. Uh, at JR underscore Buff said Ben Hunt, Anthony Seabold, Buck the Horse, Anthony Milford, Darius Boyd, Corey Oates. Broncos fan excuses are starting to sound like an Arya Stark death list. <laughs> hey, quickly, you got that reference, Glenn? Yep, sure did. It's my favourite wow. show ever of all time. Oh, really? Yes. Fuck, it fucking would be, wouldn't it? How'd oh. you feel about the ending? How'd you feel about the, the last season and the ending? Oh, the ending was probably a little bit underwhelming, but it's tough to, yeah. tough to close it oh. out, I thought. But that's it. That's your favourite series of all times. Oh, there's Have a you watched any other TV series? <laughs> <laughs> I was a big fan of Sopranos. That was my, that's one of that's my favourites. So you've seen Sopranos and you still say Game of Thrones is a bit of fucking hell. See, mirror neurons are true and that's why Nofaluma can't defend. I like what Cunts I like. like you are project <laughs> Exactly. You're projecting your shit into him. I feel sorry for him. At you do Mr. not. J. That is Groom. a fucking lie and you take it back right now. <laughs> you do. <laughs> underscore AU said had the Broncos forgotten to bring their Anzac round jerseys to Darwin or were the jerseys just like their past performances and just not significantly different to the normal shit mm. I like it yes uh, Toto said my under nines team can tackle better than this Broncos side <clears throat> and uh, Adam said the one thing the NRL didn't need is that Moses Gutho try. That urban ninja cunt doesn't need any more ammo to pump up his self-titled nickname. <laughs> Hashtag king of fuck all. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. <laughs> was that last one? Last one. All right, moving on to a, a very auspicious occasion that, uh, that happened uh, on the Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. The, the Bulldogs got their first win of the season. 
Defeating the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 18 points to 12. Uh, the Bulldogs' tries came through uh, William Hopawate, Nick Chotrich, and Nick Meany. Uh, Flanagan, three of three conversions. The Sharks, 12, came through tries to Blake Braley and uh, Hirodi Townsend, two of two conversions. Glenn. The Bulldogs, obviously, lots been made that they got their first win in a, in a long while, but... The Sharks lost this game in which they could easily have scored another 30 points. Their execution mm-hmm. and some basic skill plays was fucking atrocious. But they, they created... When it, came, when it came down to it in the second half there, like it was they were going for the hero play every fucking every time, time, first time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, clearly, you know, winning the game meant something to the dogs and their fans and, and good on them, but... The sexy good bloke has become the sexy emotional good bloke and may have just bought himself a few more months of... Sexy uh, meme lord. I mean, honestly, <laughs> fucking crying right in the like. media, but yeah. I, <laughs> he I said it was the best win he's ever been associated with. No, he said it's the best win of my coaching career. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah. What's another, what's another win that would have meant more? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they'd be there. I mean, I mean, you guys talk and I'll fucking find one for you. Give me a second. You keep you say what you're going to say about the game, and we'll circle back. <laughs> that's that's really all I had to say. I, you know, I think the dogs did well to to obviously put enough points on the sharks to to win the game. But the the real story for me was sharks just like this could easily have been a eighteen to twenty four point win for the sharks if they if they were a little bit more, you know, that word again, patient. Um, and, you know, some of their execution was what you would expect of of an NRL side. It This one just seemed to be a, a lot of extra efforts. Like, Chotricks remembered that he's fucking good mm. and really put in some plays that showed the quality he is. Dylan Napa, like, the, the efforts that he was putting in like saved or saved a try, just by extra fucking, you know, pushing himself to to get over. The the little things that they did as individuals added up to big things for the team. Yeah. Uh, what What did you think of the uh, Sinbini? Um, sorry, which one? Ah, oh, sorry, the shoulder charge. Oh, hundred percent! It's a shoulder charge every day of the week. Okay. It's horrible, and and what and was what it was for sure, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no like, I saw some people like uh, you know accounts on Twitter be like, oh, you know the fucking you can't do big hits anymore. Motherfucker didn't attempt to wrap the. There arm. was there was, was not even charge contact was high. Some of those, you know, they get they get called or whatever, and there is a semblance of an attempt to get an arm around or something. That one was shoulder charge. A hundred percent. There's no other decision that could be made. Yeah. You found that win that would have been better. <laughs> oh, manly, manly beat Parramatta fifty-four nil. That was a fucking great game. You didn't uh, even remember it. You had to look it up. Can't be that good. No, I mean like that. That was the first one I went to. But I wanted to see if there was like some epic fucking you know golden point thriller or something like that. You know, like to. But then I realised that that they didn't actually exist under his reign, and they only started when Desi come back. So, so yeah, I, I thought that you know that when uh, 
when Manly went down to Melbourne and beat and beat the Storm in Melbourne, like 11-10 or something like that in one of the early rounds of the season. Turns out that was when Desi came back. It wasn't in Trans era. Can I tell you? So I stand corrected. Can I tell you why this one mm. would have been special? Why is that? Because I guarantee you, guarantee you, after this game, Flano Jr. <coughs> was not up there going, hey, coach, are you proud of me? I had a really good game tonight, and I really hope you're proud of me. I don't know whether it's obvious or not, but I've actually had no positive male role models in my life, so no one's actually taught me how to act around large groups of people, especially men that I'm slightly intimidated and maybe a little bit attracted to, but just please, 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 please tell me that you're proud of me. <laughs> guarantee you that didn't happen, and that's what Trent meant. I don't know. I think Flano's looking for a lot of love, considering the way that the Roosters fucking treated him. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he's actually like the re- he'd be like the real life validation seeking, because he de- he definitely needs it. Like I mean, yeah, you know, having won nothing in his poor life and then being discarded as a scapegoat for the whole team winning nothing <laughs> at the end of an era where they won everything. Yes. Um. So you finished talking about... Oh, you have to go to the tweets, don't you? Um, look, and, and, and for my part, I mean, like, it was great effort by the Doggies in defence. Like, the game was won on defence. Especially but also, Yeah, and, like, and, and look, they were, they were ably aided, as we said. They, they were ably aided and abetted by the Cronulla Sharks, just really rushing that sort of panic, panic style. Like, you know, they were playing last set of the game football 20 minutes before full time. Yeah, that's it. I mean, an absolute amount of possession and just... You know, it it could it's so close. It's so it so easily could have be, been a sharks win, but the doggies hung on and uh, you know, enjoy it. You put the Broncos back into or at least level in, with the uh, bottom bottom place on the ladder. Um, Mitch in the Facebook group said they're playing like they don't have a coach or something. <laughs> <laughs> Norts said Anzac spirit shines through against white supremacy. Very good. Uh, Jason said, I have tears and my chest hurts. It may not have been pretty, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. Phil said, sacking their coach early in the season and now losing to the dogs. Someone tell the Sharks this isn't the NFL. If you come last, you don't get the number one draft pick. Uh, Another Mitch says, as a Sharks fan, I feel I can say one thing, one thing only, and that is, I still hate Josh Dugan. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. He, He didn't have a great game. No, not at all. Um, at Ugly Kid Dave said, I think I speak for all of us when I say, now it's on to the premiership we go. Go, doggies. <laughs> uh, MM Aussie on Twitter said, SJ was one of the only attacking threats before they took him off, down 12 with 20 left. Could mistake the dogs for porcelain by the amount of shit the sharks threw at them. Jesus. What was behind taking? Was it was it just was it just load management? That Precaution. Got, that I, don't, I don't know. Hey, it has to have been. There's no other reason. Yeah. Like you, you don't. Hook. They really could have used some spark when they had like fucking eighty percent possession or something. Yeah. In the second half and couldn't get it done. Yeah. And I, I couldn't not include a long, long time fan of the show at GT three fifty one underscore Johns. It's a great defensive effort, a solid but not flash eighty minutes. The dogs deserve this win and were the better side. Ref tried his best to get the drug mules back into it. But fuck them. Imagine losing to the 2021 dogs. <laughs> LOL to them. Look, shout out to him for not using the word peptides in a tweet about Cronulla Sharks for the yes. first time in six or years. Or drug nulla. Yeah, or drug nulla, yeah. I mean, if I had a bingo card that I could set my options on, they would have been two I would have put on there for sure. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Right. Moving on. Two, big upset. 
uh, up there at uh, the Abattoir. The North Queensland Cowboys 26 defeat the Canberra Raiders 24. The Cowboys tries to Kyle Felt, uh, Ben Condon, Reese Robson, Justin O'Neill. Holmes, four of four conversions and a penalty goal. The Raiders 24 came through a double to Jordan Rappiner. Uh, Gula and Williams with the other tries. And Croker, four of four conversions. Mm. Glenn. Work to do in Canberra. I think they've um, papered over a few cracks there. And, and Ricky's tried to deflect to... Other factors uh, as to why they're losing games, but this, above all else, uh, any of the other performances that they've put together this, so far this season was a classic Faders effort. They, um, it's getting worse uh, than fading though. It's whole second yeah. halves. Yeah, mm. they um, they really put themselves in a, in a position to take control and command of this game and and get a win, and they completely dropped their bundle and. The Cowboys, Cowboys come back and, and got them in the end. I thought um, the Cowboys had a, a few good performances, but Valentine Holmes is, is getting he's getting more quality touches and it looks to me like his teammates are, are starting to grow a lot more in confidence with his role and, and leadership in the team. Um, they're starting to look to him more and more and he had a few touches in this game that were you know, much more like the Valentine Holmes of his, you know, the Sharks sort of era. Um, so he was he was pretty impressive. But the big story for me was was Canberra. I think everyone's just assuming that Canberra's a good side, and they are. Canberra's a good side, and um, but there's there's some concerning elements to to that performance for me, and it's not, it's not the first one this year, but. It's get you know we're in round seven now and they've had a handful of them so yeah um, looking at I guess a, a lot of this game though Canberra's forwards looked fantastic like Papa Lee's in still in fucking career best form yeah. and has been for a long time um, you can tell he's put work in to adapt to the new rules and the new style of play like he looks fucking fit yeah think of anyone else his size I, I don't think he gets obviously gassed like other guys of his his size mm. and, and body shape do um, and somehow you still have the fucking Aaron Woods of the world huffing and puffing after 10 minutes sticking arms out um, but for the cowboy Kyle felt what a fucking vampire like the way that guy <laughs> performs and and both in attack and defence. He was legit the difference mm. in some massive fucking moments. And while it you know, it wasn't one of those things where it wasn't like um like Pingu last week. It wasn't put the whole team on your back and, and carry him. But Jesus Christ, without him on the field, this is a very different outcome. Um Just experience well, and class is you know, from it's it's hard to do that yeah. from the wing, you know. Like, it's as a middle forward, like you're gonna get a lot. You're in the action a lot more, and for him to to have that sort of influence over a, a game, especially against a team like mm. the Raiders from the wing, is, is pretty fucking impressive. But but tell me, if you're looking at the Cowboys and there wasn't all the news around Chad and all that other stuff, do you look at that Cowboys team and go, "Yep, seven. That's your problem. That's your fucking problem." <laughs> Do you? No. 
No. Fucking hell. They're and and if it even if it is the problem, Chad Chad's not the answer. <laughs> I don't Especially think. not like, you know, eight hundred grand a year or whatever they're yeah. giving him. But mm. well, yeah, and again, like it yeah, he might go up there and just be calm and, and steer them around and do whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it just seems like an odd big play. Mm. So And the fact he hasn't demonstrated that kind of that's not the way he's been playing for like you know two years. Yeah, yeah. There's pl- there's plenty of evidence there for them to peruse to mm. see that perhaps he's not the player that they need to bring into their side, or maybe he's the player they want to bring to side. I don't know, but yeah, I'd keep Clifford and <sighs> Clifford and, and drink water and drink water and um yeah you know and get another forward to take some of the load off Taumalolo and and get those meters and stuff. Um, yeah. And with an offload and some footwork in the in the middle, and let those guys, those younger guys, because you're going to get more time, probably for less money contract wise out of those guys, and what you're going to get out of Chad Johnson, or like be chasing. That's it, you know. Uh, Chad Johnson, has it, Chad that, Townsend, sorry. Chad Johnson, but, um, Chad Townsend. Rumor has it Kurt Capels, you know, Kurt Capels looking to to move back to Queensland, right. How are the Cowboys not after somebody like him? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfectly suited to the modern game. Perfect. Anyway, on to the socials. And uh, a theme with Raiders fans. So, at Marco Raiders one on Twitter, said, another week, Jared Croker is a passenger in our first grade team. If he's in next week, so is our season. Now, that doesn't make sense, but I think he's trying to say that Jared Croker sucks. <laughs> He's not the same since he came back. Or like, you know, like nah. there was like a love and hate sort of thing. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought he was okay, but then there were people that just absolutely fucking hated him. But he was also like Canberra's Noffer. Well, like there were yeah, people suppose, like yeah. non-ironically campaigning for him for state of origin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't ever feel like he was like as turnstileish or anything like that. But he's since he's come back though. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Yeah, that's it. Um, Egg Council Creeper. Said, that's it. Call the season here. Cows are on a hot streak and I don't want to see it end. <laughs> it's like three in a row. How good. Um, at Forbes Chris. So at least we weren't the team that made Bryce Cartwright look good. And uh, at P. Valandis Anon. <laughs> says, first the dogs scored against the Storm. Then they beat the Sharks. What further proof do you need that the 2016 season was the softest draw? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justin in the Facebook group said, watching and supporting the Cowboys is like eating soup with a fork. Fucking hard, that is. Uh, AJ, or Al, fuck, because I can't fucking read, um, said, Croker is dead set, all the three stooges in one body. (laughs) Which I'm glad you laughed at. And Glenn, did you get that as well? (laughs) I did, mate. I did. Thank you. Well, there you go, because I've never seen a Three Stooges movie. Well, yeah, I, I, look, I've I don't think I have either, clips. but I mean, there's, so many skits, there's so many like sketches and stuff though that are just, you know, out there. <clears throat> it's it's hard. I mean, you you'd be you would be aware, you'd be able to recall what they looked like and stuff, if not their names and who was who. No, you'd be able to recall. You know, whenever really? I, whenever somebody says the Three Stooges, I get Groucho Marx in my head. Yeah, right. I couldn't pick if you gave me ten. Like I know who Abbott and Costello are. Yep. Um, and I asked my grandfather about this once and. His answer was pretty much, well, no, fucking I watch quality comedy, you dumb little shit, fuck off. But, um, yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice that there was something that's old and fucking average enough that Glenn gets the reference. Yeah, that's, that's something that's like, like literally 
been out there in a zeitgeist for like fucking, you know, 70 years or something. That's it. <laughs> um, and here we are. Nat in our Facebook group said, uh, what's a sentence that makes you want to both vomit and shit your pants at the same time? I'll go first. Croker is contracted to the Raiders for another four years. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Scary. You done? Done. Moving to Anzac Day and the first game, the mighty Manly Seagulls 40 defeated the West Tigers 6. Manly's uh, 40 points came through a double to DCE. Uh, Garrick to Powell, Tommy Turbo, Saab, and Kieran Foran also with tries. Garrick, 5 of 7 conversions and a penalty goal of the Tigers. Uh, single a try to uh, Luciano Lelua and uh, a Dewey with the conversion. Do you want to go first, Glenn? No. No, I fucking don't. All right. Fine. Do you want to go, Jay? No. Mate, this one's all you. Right. I'm just going to unzip. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna this put like some. Fucking, I'm just gonna put some butter in there's my. There's a lot undies. of things. Look, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things have been said. A lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of words. A lot of talk has Hang been on. said. Just, Glenn, that's not how that phrase works. <laughs> it's exactly the reaction I was looking for. I thought you were gonna let it slide. Pardon the pun. Don't. <laughs> it's spontaneous and out of your control, and you direct it. So I, at should, I should put this meadow lady down then. <laughs> you would, you'd fucking margarine, wouldn't you? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's how. That's how they do. That's how. That's how they do the butter and the undies up in Toowoomba. <laughs> well, you know, you know what the uh, non-commercial name of canola oil is. Yeah. Google yeah, it. I, it's apt. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's and, and let me let me give you the tip. It's not called uh, it's not called Jack the Bellin oil. <laughs> Rat Jack the Bell and seed oil. <laughs> oh, look at this stuff. We, we, we've pressed it from the consent flower. <laughs> oh, this is way better than the shit mates about to carry on with. Yeah, now look, there's a lot, lot, lot of things been said this season uh, on this show and uh, in the lead up. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of talk. And talk is cheap, but I mean, whenever, when, when, when the talk, everything is said is, is actually comes true. It's quite an incredible feeling to have for the person that said it. Now, again, fucking irrepressible performance. A few more mistakes than last week, which I wasn't too happy about, just handling errors and just over. But the Tigers, what I expected going to this game was the Tigers, although they are one of the like the lower-placed teams, I mean, if you, look, if you back put them up against... Uh, well, I guess the Cowboys kind of don't count as you know because they're kind of on the move as well. But like you put them in there with like the 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 doggies and the Broncos and and stuff. The Tigers seem to compete for like eighty minutes, and they seem to actually roll pretty well through the twenty twenty one version of the game, where you know where where you know so sometimes you look at teams like the doggies and you're just like, what the fuck are they? You know what the fuck are they doing? So I expected that like that. that because of with our propensity, you know, to perhaps get fatigued, I thought that, that that style of play from the Tigers would, you know, put them in, hold them in pretty good stead in this game, um, and that's how the game started, and yeah, our mistakes and giving away the you know six agains and all that sort of thing led to a mountain of opportunity <clears throat> in possession for the Tigers, and 
it was pleasing to see the only thing they could get out of it was a fucking try off a lucky lucky ricochet that you know put it right there for fucking the big baby to fucking stumble onto desperately um and that that was that was the last points they scored of the game and then wow when it opened up it they they folded the tigers quicker than the tigers have folded all season like I don't know, I don't know what the times were on those fucking tries in the first half. It was like three tries in like about four, five minutes. Four minutes. minutes. It was like, yeah, it was like back to. It just felt like it was just literally back to back to back. And obviously, uh, you know, Tommy was in there, uh, you know, in the thick of it. But Morgan Harper has fucking grown so much. Like he had a couple of games last season. Um, you know, when all was sort of all was sort of lost, and you know, he was he didn't really get a great go. But in this, you know, now he's he's been in that position there where Moses Suli was since his injury. He's been there for three games for three wins. His defense wasn't amazing against the Warriors. Like that one of the tries they scored came from a massive misread from him. But now he's he's found his place and he's fucking great. Like he seems like a skinny, like a small sort of guy. But I mean, like he's put some guys on 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 their asses, like you know, with big palms and things like that. Plus he's got the speed to burn. The ball's getting out to Saab daily. This I saw a friend friend of our friend of the show too, Kurt, saying on Twitter that he he put this down as like well, it's almost like a career game for 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 Daly, and like just the kicking, the fucking the composure, the game management was fucking phenomenal. He knows and you played fi- the Tigers, don't you? And you can only play this. This is the thing. The NRL, <laughs> the NRL in the off season, they go through this process. They bought a bought a software license from some company. I think it's based in Canada, and they run through all the possible games that can happen, and they create something called the NRL, NRL draw. And then each week you got to play a team, and you can only play that team who you scheduled to play. We, I mean, you know, we would love to play some of the better teams, but we were given the Tigers this week, and we had to we had to play the cards we were dealt. And you know, and so we did what we had to do, and what we did was absolutely fucking destroy them. So hang on, hang on, young so guys. I, like I had fucking... a career game of basketball against my six-year-old kid and his fucking friends on a seven-foot rim last week. <laughs> you're playing. So, 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 are you, so you're saying you're saying that you were were tied into a professional sporting league and you couldn't fucking. Uh, and and you, you you couldn't you couldn't get better opposition. You had to be forced to play little children. Yes, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I mean, that 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 to me, that's I mean, that that says that says something else entirely. I mean, that's like you you're picking your battles. You're picking your battles. We we give we're playing the hands that we're dealt here, and um, it's pleasing to see Tapao in a contract year. I guess well, it was a contract year because he was going to be released, but now I've seen um, you know, on Insta and everything like that, and his missile and everything, saying so like you know, no, he wants to stay now because obviously it's good vibes only around the club at the moment. The young guys like Toff Sipley and uh, and fucking Guacamole, like. I swear, fucking Ciro must never return. I, he can, he must never return to the to that to that right hand edge position ever, because Ciro's move is to take the ball and then cut back, step back inside, and die with the ball. Fucking Moly's fucking throwing offloads, beast moding people. Tremend- and and then and in finishing up when the tries ultimately come, he's finishing up with spectacular backflips over the tops of the pack the packs of the players, <laughs> trying to fucking kill himself. Like just tremendous. <laughs> just um, Kieran Kieran Foran got a try. Kieran Foran got his, uh, a try. Uh, you know, in first time since he's returned, and he's uh, he's looking dare I say, pretty fucking good. So yeah, much to my surprise. I mean, you know, my my baseline for Kieran Foran this year was play lots of games <laughs> and so far he's played all of them and now he's actually he's really starting to find his place and uh, he's a fucking footballer and, and do a great job he's just, just, just a, a football. football I mean 
and it just goes to show that you know, like he's there, there was there's still something there. I can't I can't believe it. Um, yeah, how well he's going. But uh, obviously the key to everything still, uh, Tommy Turbo. And the thing about the thing about Tommy that makes me a it gives me cancer, but b it also is you know sort of pleasing as well. The amount of times when Manly would be set up twenty meters out or ten meters out, and he would pick the he would get the ball the first pass off. And just dig into the fucking line, trying to score himself right through the teeth of the defense, like just taking these fucking ridiculously, like trying, like taking the hard option and not fucking, you know, not slacking off and not protecting himself. Mm. And when he and when he'd make a break, he was striding out full blast, like you could see he wasn't, you know, he wasn't keeping anything within himself, any nervousness <clears throat> about, you know, what may happen if he fully strides out. So, um, according to the great man, the um, NRL physio, he. Um, Apparently, the first two weeks after a hamstring injury return are statistically the the, the most dangerous two weeks uh, for in terms of re-injury. Yeah, wow. And um, and so we've got through that. I also think a factor there as well is I think he may have been ready to come back maybe a week or two earlier than he actually did return, and they kind of just went extra extra cautious on it just to you know make certain. But um, look, so far like. It's it's fucking incredible at like, the turnaround though, and it's uh, I tell you it's a what a, what a fucking time to be alive. Um, the young guys are going great. They've received their opportunities. They're taking their opportunities, and that's all I could fucking ask. I mean, you know, Desi didn't select these kids. You know, he was kind of forced by by the plotters injuring themselves for the season. But fuck it, they got there somehow. They're taking their opportunities, and they're going to make their case to hold their positions undeniable. And that's that's all I could fucking ask. Nice. On the socials, on this, Glenn, you want to add I, anything? I, I, I think I want Glenn to talk. What do you got to say, Glenn? Twenty Glennie, <laughs> twenty Glennie, none. <laughs> oh, look, you, you could look at last week's performance against South from the Tigers and and extract some some positives out of there and make an argument that there's signs that things are on the improve. But you get to this week and it all just looks completely fucking broken. Um, once that when they drop there, the biggest, most concerning thing for me, and you know, this is this is far worse than than supporting the Magpies because at least with the Magpies you knew whilst there was a disparity in the level of the talent that they had at their disposal at any given time, they would always make an effort. There was always obvious effort, and there was some stuff that I saw out there in that game that when their heads dropped some of the defense you know when when shit's going bad you can you can get back to you know it seems obvious but get back to basics and put your fucking shoulder into your work especially in the middle you know and you've got um you know as good as he is you've got a fullback from a standing start taking three strides and beating two defenders that put nothing at arm, but arms in front of him and he streaks through, and you know they're they're the most concerning things. Is you know as is often the case, well as is always the case when the Tigers lose, especially when they lose like that. Um, you know the fan base is pretty fucking. It's pretty epic to watch uh, the implosions on the social media, but um, you know I guess what I would like to see is just effort. And, you know, it's one thing I learned from supporting the Magpies is that we travelled everywhere to watch them. 
We'd be in Canberra. We'd be in Newcastle. We'd be at fucking, you know, Penrith. Down at Campbelltown Stadium. Lidcombe over, whatever. It, you, you fucking... They were, were not a good team. They didn't have, mm. you know, high-caliber players that they could afford to pay. But... The blokes that they put, and this is in a semi, you know, in in a non-professional time, guys had come off the fucking tools, <laughs> train a few mm-hmm. times a week, and get out there on a Sunday afternoon and put in a fucking effort. These guys are mm. fully fledged professional fucking athletes. It's all they do. They live it. They breathe it. They fucking from the moment they open their eyes, everything is laid out for them on a silver platter with a view that whatever fucking time slot you're playing on the weekend, you can put in an effort. And the effort that you put in as that professional athlete with all those resources and all the everything that you have at your disposal should be of a higher calibre than cunts that come off the fucking tools on a Tuesday and Thursday and go to training mm. and slam 12 beers afterwards, you know? That's, that's the most concerning thing is that there's just... The effort, and when things start to go bad, they get a whole lot fucking worse because they drop their heads and they can't lift them up. That's me. That's you. Jesus Christ. I'm sad again. Well, there's no need to be sad. It's just honest. At the end of the day, if they start winning games, I'll be an insufferable cunt again. But this week, I'm not. Your your tears are a stimulating lunatic. Yeah. Go and fucking jerk off. To be perfectly Start honest. reading out some tweets. <laughs> Daniel in the Facebook group said, if the long-necked fuck wasn't such a gimp, he would have a hat trick. Hashtag Tigers in decline. Yeah, that's a retarded fucking tweet. I mean, he was unselfishly dished it to Marty Tapao having a revenge game. I mean, because that's that's what you do. Okay. Get the boys off the get the boys off the uh, off the nudie run in a revenge game. Actually, just sorry, just before we go further on the tweets, what the fuck were they doing at Bankwest Stadium in the first place? They got 15,000 there. I mean, it's a brand spanking new stadium, blah, blah, blah. But if you're only getting 15,000 there, put it down your fucking goat track at Leichhardt or out the other fucking shithole. It may come as a surprise to you, but I don't make these decisions. And mm. as good as a... Fac- I feel your position closest to the club <laughs> to make the, to explain their the, the shit. I mean, look, I'll call up Justin Pascoe now if you give me his number, but fucking... I saw an interesting. Someone commented. Just, I think if, it was, if you want to get through his gatekeeper, just say you're offering free holidays free to the holidays. United States. <laughs> um, free free re- research trips. That's it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go. Uh, One eyed tiger said, "I don't think I've ever given up on a season in April before. The Tigers have reached new depths of incompetence after a decade of incompetence." Magic burned him out. Uh, Adam. Said, with the going down of the sun, we will anal them, lest they finish ninth. <laughs> Claire said, gotta love the Tigers fans. Positive till the very end. Lady behind me yells out, come on, Tigers, this is our 20 minutes. Only problem was there was 11 minutes to go. <laughs> speak, speaking of Claire, I have to I have to give Claire a shout out. She tagged me in a in an Instagram post where she took a photo where she was sitting and she and she said, look, 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 "I'm sitting in Norfolk Cove, <laughs> down down the corner, down the corner on the left hand side of the field." Uh, Stuart said, "Madge needs to shred every calendar in Concord. The more significant the day, the shitter they play." <laughs> Uh, at S.J. Garuffy 
on Twitter. I said one team played like they were supposed to and one team gave up as soon as it got too hard. Echoes your sentiments exactly, Glenn. And um, Biggest Tiger, who is uh, out there trying to pretend like the fucking world isn't burning. Um, T, you got to face facts. Your greatest fucking asset is your passion, but you're quickly moving out of the realms of Glenn's favorite place to be, hashtag real talk, to living in fucking hashtag imaginary land. He said, uh, one of my favorite sounds is the ringing timbre of venomous pride Nate has in his voice when his team has belted someone. It's sad that it had to be West Tigers, but I'm looking forward to hearing him sing his song. And look, I would like to—I would like to, you know, uh, reciprocate the uh, the kind words for biggest. I was—he—he uh, he was doing commentary for some of the junior finals games on the weekend through face. I saw it through Facebook, um, and I, and I caught the end of the Harold Matz game because uh, Manly were playing against Canberra, and they were down twenty eighteen with you know minutes to go, and they were putting on the you know attacking raids after attacking raids, and my God, the quality at that level—they they have the impatience and fucking. Just immaturity in the in the fucking play in the in that level is it's hilarious, but it, because it was it was it was yeah it, they were attacking the line. It was a super close game. It was a final, and it was you know everything was on the line. And he and he literally said it was one of the first things I heard him say when I turned it on. And he's gone. He's oh, uh, Japanese finger cuffs are jealous at the at, at the pressure of this guy at, at the, tension the tension in this game. <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking God. That's amazing. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. That is fucking great. And so now I plan to use it all the time <laughs> in, in conversations with him about stuff. Anytime, anytime any possible tension can be there, it's coming out again. All-time classic. Nice. Next game. Next game. Where are we? Okay. The Sydney Roosters defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons by a score of 34-10. to 10. Uh, Roosters tries to Walker, Tupo, uh, Tupanua, Butcher, Collins, and Manu. Uh, Sam Walker, 5 of 7 conversions. The Dragons, uh, 10 points came through tries to Tarek Sims and uh, Michaeli Rabalawa. Lomax, 1 conversion. Jay. Well, wasn't this a fucking allegory? the Germans fucking journey in any major conflicts they ended in the 20th century where it seemed to start off fairly well for them but uh, in the end being led by a fucking racist piece of shit fuckhead did not turn out well for them at all no um, you know, in, interesting move on, on Teddy and not a dumb one Take his fucking head off so he's out of the game. And uh, look, it won Queensland an Origin series. Let's be yeah, honest. That's it. Um, the the Roosters are just that well drilled in terms of what they do on the field. But all of the talk I heard before this game and around the game was about all the shit that Robbo was doing extra. And I'm by no means saying that he's the only coach that does this, but there were multiple different sources that have pinged him as having um, veterans at training all week and things like that. So especially in this annual clash, the fact that he got them up for this game 
Whereas, you know, Hook, realistically, all he's doing is just pestering people and flicking through photos of his fucking Nazi memorabilia <laughs> that I assume he has in his house. You know? Saying, I'm I'm pretty sure this was fucking Goebbels' tea bag that I've got in this fucking snaplock bag. Um, there, there really was a difference in professionalism on the field tonight. And when the Roosters went up a gear, I just don't feel the Dragons were able to go with them. Yeah. I, th- I thought um, Sam Walker took, a, took another few steps in, you know, along his career path in the right direction. Imagine tonight. letting him go. Say that, Glenn. Say how, feel how good that feels. <laughs> Just say, imagine letting him go. Imagine letting him go. But to <laughs> say... <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Taking the opportunity that that's been presented to him with with both hands, and um, he's getting, as I've said before, he's getting a hell of a lot of fantastic support from his teammates out on the field. So he doesn't have to feel like you know, the weight of the world's on his shoulders, and he has to do everything. He can really, you know, take key moments and and put his skill on them. Um, I thought, you know, losing their dominant half in Kiri. Um, you know, plenty of other clubs that they'd sort of pack up their kit bag and, and that'd be them done. But for the Roosters, it's led to them blooding their halfback for the next decade early and, um, you know, he hasn't taken a backward step. So um, for the Dragons, I, I think, you know, the bleeding really started after the, after the sin binning and the Roosters just got more and more dominant after that as the game wore on and the, and the Dragons... Um, on the day, didn't have it to to go with them. And again, the Roosters, what they're doing with the you know since the loss of Kiri uh, and how they're doing it, and how they're going about it is is it's really impressive. You, you can't do much more than respect it. Yeah, Nate, you want to add anything or? Are we... Not really. You guys have covered it, to be honest. Yeah, nice one. It's just so like Sam Walker is just so fucking impressive, and could, like once again, a player that was in the Broncos' clutches. Mm. I mean, where 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 are they absolutely bleeding and have been for fucking years for like last five six years? Yeah, would the Broncos Pass. be worse? Let's you know hypothetical if he still went through the 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 ranks and and he was the you know one of the guys in waiting and yeah and they injected him this season like the Roosters have. Well, the, Bron- the Broncos yeah. aren't going to be any fucking worse. Like how, how? But even he was given a release. Yeah, to go yeah. to the Roosters in favour yeah. of the Deedens and the you know, the Crofts. And but just give me a break. But if nothing, if nothing else, fuck doing anything that enhances your opposition's crippling position. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. mental. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, at Devonhead said, well, in positive news. Dragons get to play the Tigers next week. Hashtag One Nation under Griffin. <laughs> Jesus fuck. He's really embracing nah, that. John. Now I don't condone this tweet, but I understand it. He said Corey Norman needs to do an ACL. That cunt doesn't even deserve a replica jersey. I <laughs> loved him like two weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, I know. Uh, Nick said if the Roosters win but BMOS doesn't score, is it really a win? Uh, Mendoza 
in the Facebook group said Josh McGuire is the anti-turbo. <laughs> <laughs> he's the anchor. He's made, he's made two clubs bad in one season. <laughs> And uh, and Craig. With the thing, well, with the, with that with the McGuire thing, I mean, and I'm not saying this is a joke because I mean, my God, it's been said ten thousand million mm. times on Twitter already today. But it's just just as a statistical fact, I just want to present is that the Cowboys haven't lost since McGuire left. Yep. And the Dragons, who had been winning, haven't won since McGuire arrived. Yeah. I mean, like, and and like, I could I could sort of you know rhetorically ask. Surely one person can't be so fucking toxic, but then you know what we know about Josh McGuire is obviously yes, yeah, yes, yes, he can be, could be. I hope he enjoys the meetings. And uh, at diminutive rowdy on Twitter said very simply, Sam Walker, so good. I think everyone knows what he meant by that. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. I love that hashtag. People are going hard on it. That's it. Right, final game of the round. The uh, Melbourne Storm forty-two defeated the Warriors twenty. Melbourne Storm tries through Jennings, Kafusi, Hines, a double to Remus Smith, Justin Ollum, and a double to Josh Adokar. Once the five of eight conversions, the Warriors 20 came through a hat trick to Ken Marmalo. And, um, Glenn, same oh, words. Like good wings do. Thank you, mm. Ben Murdoch Masilla, and uh, Nick Rima, two of four conversions. Yeah, not, not 100% on the, the record of, of the Warriors in the Anzac games, but I feel like we've seen this sort of result before. Um, they. Do you, want, do you want to know what you know what it's been? I think I'm happy my quote, because it's, well, it's been two years since we've had Anzac clashes, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, given yeah. like there was nothing to be. <clears throat> okay, so, so two years ago I said that on their effort, we should now lobby to change the name of the day to AAC Day. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, that answers my question. Um, Storm, super impressive, obviously. Um, Nico Hines stepped in, did his job like we've, we've spoken about. You know, that's that's what the Storm do, and they have this level of depth in, in key positions where guys come in and, and, um, and do the job. A, a guy, Jerome Hughes, for me, just seems to be stepping out of that shadow that he's been in. Um, certainly, you know, under Munster and Smith last year, and he's yeah, I, he's far more talented, and and like his skill set is far higher than what I've actually given him credit for. Yeah, purely because he wasn't really in a position and again it comes back to playing your role in that Melbourne Storm machine he wasn't really required to put all of his talent on display but now that he has that opportunity he's fucking impressive as a footballer um and for the Warriors I think um <laughs> another one that you know imagine letting him go um, young Reese Walsh uh, in a in a tough night for the Warriors. He he was he had some touches for a young kid that were really really classy and certainly lacked yeah. nothing in confidence in his debut game on a, on a big stage, big occasion. So, so where was he from? Broncos. Yeah, he was, uh, he was Bronx. Yeah, and like literally like last week or the week before mm-hmm. they they released him. Yeah. Oh no! I'm just yeah. trying to get you to actually say oh, oh, to get it out yeah. there, just in case people yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, 
But on on that subject, what else can fucking RTS do to prove that he is just a fantastic fucking human being to essentially step out of a position to let them blood through his replacement? Mm. Yeah. It's the most amicable code switch in the history of the game, isn't it? Yeah. It's like he's it's it's like a player who's leaving the club, knowing that he's probably the best player in the club, yeah. and leaving a massive void. Who's actively, tr- he's not just serving out his notice. Yeah. He's actively trying to help the club. Yeah, transition smoothly to the next era. Fucking hell. Um, when it comes to Melbourne, though, Glenn, you're you're a hundred percent right on Jerome Hughes, but. I'm now just equally impressed. How many iterations over the game and style of play have they been a dominant force? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, think of all the major rule changes and style changes in the game that they've just fucking stayed top of the pot. Yeah. Yep. Now, yes, to play fuckhead's advocate, there is a side of that that says, well, if they hadn't fucking rorted the salary cap for as long as they did, then they never would have built that base of skill yeah yeah and it would never have been able to but even so that era has been you know constantly transitioning out of for you know a long time yeah well look it's like steroids there's a hangover you know Mm. when that that's the argument with steroids now if you take performance enhancing drugs there are constant improvement or or permanent improvements to your body Mm -hmm. you know so the advantage you get never goes away but um, but with the Storm, they've been pre-interchange mm. changes. Mm-hmm. They were dominant. They survived that. Jerome Hughes is a scarier proposition under these new structures because he's a run first half. Yeah. You know, the amount of times tonight that he was just, oh, there's fucking space. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fucking brilliant to watch. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's scary good in the seven. Anything else to add before we get on to the socials? Not from me. I did have something, but I fucking lost train. I lost my train of thought, so... Well, it's fucking good, <laughs> because on. by virtue of it being the last game before we hit record tonight, there weren't any fucking good ones. Um, apart from Super Grover, who said, Don't know why a guy gets 10 in the bin for a head clash. Looked like a bloody good hit to me, apart from the atomic headbutt. Rugby league fans in general, if I had a list... And I could write down 10,000 things that I thought I would say. This would not have made the fucking cut. But rugby league fans, be more like Super Grover. <laughs> That's it. Right. Um, just before we uh, we finish up here, did you see the article earlier, Glenn, saying that potentially there'll be a crisis meeting and Madge... May maybe uh, you know thrown in the ejector seat. Yeah, it's tigers again, as another coach gone between. Tigers have come out and vehemently so, so, denied it, but which is a bad sign in itself. So how do you how do you how do you so how do you pronounce the name of your chairman there? Oh fucking Lee Lee had, is his name. How do you pan tell us? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the quote was like, I can't guarantee this. Well, this is you know, do you guarantee that his job's safe? Mm. Right. The question is, his reply is, I can't guarantee that the sun will come up tomorrow. After 33 years as a lawyer, the word guarantee has never fallen out of my lips. You can't guarantee anything. Still, I'm not saying his job is on the line. <laughs> that's that's about the the most verbose, <clears throat> full full uh, 
<laughs> what is it? The full support of the yeah. board. That's like the, the that's the most roundabout way of saying full support of the board. The the most dangerous I've, uh, thing quite some time. that the Tigers have with um, Lee as uh, chairman is that mm-hmm. he's uh, he's less of a chairman. I, I saw someone I was going to say before someone tweeted and I agree wholeheartedly that he's he's not a chairman. He's a super fan. He's a like a lifelong, yeah. you know, like massive Tigers fan, who's um, obviously wealthy, and has got into the position of chairman by way of his business acumen and and influence and mm-hmm. contacts and and obviously being a fan of the club. But I, you know, as someone that's a, a fan of the club, if I was in a position of chairman, I don't know that I'd be sacking the fucking coach again. Like, yeah. But as we said earlier, um, you know, you'd love to just sack, you know, do a, <laughs> what Kevy Walters is proposing, but with the the contracts that the Tigers have on their books at the moment, like, you put yourself in a salary cap hole for three more years. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think sacking the coach is the answer, but. Um, it, it would seem that if if a decision is made that change is necessary, then that's the that's the lowest hanging fruit. So, what is the answer? Do you reckon? Oh, it needs it needs a proper clean out. I feel. I just, yeah. but you know that's going to take a couple. You know, good few. You know, three seasons. Do we say for for that yeah. for that to really flow through properly? Um, you know, with contracts and salary cap and managing that. So, um, again, as as I said earlier, it's just they're professional athletes and they're playing at the, the, the highest level of the game that they, you know, you imagine these guys are all fucking from the time they were six-year-old, this is where they wanted to be. <laughs> so, yep. play like it. On that note... That is full-time for episode 393. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in a multitude of ways. To grab links to our Patreon, social media communities, and more, head to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links. And if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, like share, share our posts, retweet, tell a friend. Um, memberships, we spoke about that on Sunday. They've gone into production now, so that's all good. And it looks like the guys who are doing the hoodies and the shirts, you know, our, our friends at uh, the print bar, I sort of said, look, can I have them by, you know, there's no, there's no you know, giant rush, but if I could have them in my hands, like, you know, around like the 5th of May or whatever, you know, which would give me time to, um, you know, get them posted off so people had them before they left to come to Magic Round. It would be ideal, and he's just gone. Oh yeah, no worries. We'll put it. So now it's like this big rush job. So I expect we may get those, you know, sooner than we think, uh, which is great. Um, Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, just want to give a shout out to some of our wonderful patrons. We've got so many of these. Uh, so so, and I don't know how private people want their names to be. I mean, they put their names in at the Patreon thing, and some people use aliases and stuff. So I don't want to uh, blow up anyone's shit. But thank you, Matt E, uh, Terry Kenner. Uh, thank you, sir, for supporting the show, and uh, and John Bartley. Thank you, thank you, guys. We appreciate you, motherfuckers. You make it all possible, and uh, we love you a long time. Um, 
I said, did, did we get much of a response in terms of what people wanted for the next bit of merch? I know in our private WhatsApp group, we had some people say they wanted the jersey or maybe like a an away version jersey, like an alternate strip or something like that. So that's one that's one option. Um, did you hear, did you get, did anyone tell you any, any other options that they had designs on at all? It was no, cool for a week. Um... Yeah. I mean, serious <laughs> ones. <laughs> this this is the thing. If you have, you this ever, week in league, Udi, what are those things? Fucking brilliant. You ever read the study on pasta sauce? Sorry, what was that? You ever read the study on pasta sauce that the Outliers oh, guy did? No, no. Well, um, Glad, well, it was Gladwell, was it? Yeah. No, I didn't a, read that. Amazing no. TED talk he, he gave about pasta sauce, which basically the the end result of it is that people are fucking idiots and don't know what they want. <laughs> so. What so I'm we make the do, decision. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna no. I'm just gonna put some options in there, <clears throat> and ask people to to vote for for what they want. Yep. And then hopefully that'll that'll spark their uh, their eyes, and we can just run through a list of them throughout the year. Excellent. Sounds good. All nice. Right. So look forward to that. And on that note, that's it for this week. Talk to you fellas on Wednesday. See you later. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.